Hey, it's Greg. Thanks for checking out Toronto Today. Joe Mahavik joins us on the show. Ward 10 Councillor. We talk about plans for Ontario Place, where it could potentially go. There's a lot of people putting up a bit of a brick wall when talking about Ontario Place and its renovations, thinking it'll be too privatized, it'll be too expensive for the average Torontonian. Those are fair criticisms right now. We'll get his read on it. The return to public transit as well, a big factor, not just for Ontario Place, but all over the city. So we talk about that with him also coming up right now. I think you'll have the insight to have the right answer for it. Will we really not know about the return to public transit until the fall? I think it'll be the most normal school year starting. I think it'll be the most normal. And that's just that goes from, you know, junior kindergarten right up to being a university student at one of our great universities or colleges in the city. Will we not really know how whether public transit is, quote unquote, back until September, October? It's hard to tell in the summer, right? Well, no, it, it is possible to tell because we have a modeling basic that bases itself on historic patterns. So we know, for example, that uh, the, the last stat that I saw was about three weeks old, and it is that we were tracking at about 60% now okay. uh, relative to what we had pre-pandemic. During the pandemic, we went as low as 20, 30%, and that was the kick in the head to the city, uh, to TTC and to the city's budget. And we're also noticing that the ridership is was going up at that time. Again, this is two, three weeks old, mm-hmm. by about 2% a week. So we need to get, frankly, back up to that 100%. Um, so it's not, we can, we can compare this summer with last summer and the summers before the uh, pandemic. And, you know, my guess is, is that we're, we, we are on the right track. People are coming back. Um, whether we'll attain 100%, um, I don't think so, but it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to take a year or two for that to, to fully come back. I was thinking about that over the weekend, given, you know, I, I'm driving around Saturday and you see gas prices in the 150s and you're like, you feel relieved. Like you don't, you don't see that two in front of the number followed by another two. Like that was, nobody wants to pay 220 a liter for gas, but it got me thinking now is this make driving when people are going downtown for a ball game, a concert, whatever. There's so much to do in the city. Thank goodness when the X comes back. But would people rather stay in their cars? I, I can't tell if higher gas prices was sort of the impetus to go, oh, we're taking public transit instead. Like we don't want to pay those prices. I, it's probably a little bit of both. But when I when I see prices that high, maybe people are like, well, I'm not going to do anything. I can't even afford to go to the X if I've got to pay 220 a liter. Well, it, it is interesting. Gas prices have a direct impact on public transit public transit ridership. Of course, it just if gas prices are up, if it costs more to take your car, then people are going to who have an option. Now, not everyone has an mm-hmm. option. Are going to more people are going to take public transit. At the same time, if you raise TTC fares, then you see a jump over into into a private automobile use, and that's what we don't want. And that's why the city, when it has its budget deliberations, and you know, there's that debate whether we raise it ten cents or fifteen or twenty cents. And we know that once we do that, and sometimes we're driven to do that by uh, revenue uh, mm. shortfalls, uh, we know that that's really going to hit uh, hit. The people who who can't um, who, who who can make a choice and they'll jump into into cars. So it's mm-hmm. always finding that balance between uh, between public transit ridership and a private automobile. Uh, the lower we can make public transit cost, the better it is to decongest the roads. People will then flock in greater numbers to public transit 
that's exactly what we what we what we want to see. That's why I enjoy our conversation. That's such a sensible, logical answer. I think everyone can understand. Yet it's got some depth to it, and and practical. I'm a big believer in in practicality as opposed to to platitudes. Joe Mahavik's our guest, by the way, on Toronto today. So you're. I want to ask you about Ontario Place. You you grew up a Toronto kid. When you run for office in. 91, to me, Ontario Place is still thriving, really thriving in, in the late 80s towards the early 90s. At some point in time, um, that stopped, it changed. And as you know, there's a lot of debate, dispute. I don't know if there's controversy, but there's a lot of debate, dispute about the new plans that are on on the table that were kind of set forth more by the provincial government. But obviously, uh, they'd love the city's approval of it. What, what, what do we need to know about what's on the table for Ontario Place, I've seen some criticism that there just won't be enough public land that it's privatized. But I'd say we have to generate revenue and we had to do something with it. It can't stay as stagnant as it's been the last 15 years. Yeah, well, let me say uh, maybe you were part of that uh, crowd as well. I've enjoyed uh, in the 1980s, 1990s, so many great concerts and great events down by Ontario yep. Place. It really was a jewel. And I, I don't know what the books uh, were like at that time, but uh, it really, it really was a jewel in in Toronto side. Um, now, the interesting thing on the governance side is that it is not a city of Toronto park space. It is a provincially mm -hmm. owned run facility, unlike Exhibition Place, which is uh, owned by the city of Toronto. Um, I think one of the one of the things that uh, confronted virtually every mayor is whether we should try to make a deal with the province and put it under one ownership. In other words, either the province take it or the city takes it, takes it over as a whole. So you can do joint programming, you can govern it together as one big, uh, large piece. And that's frankly what I think at the end of the day, sooner or later, one government is going to say, okay, we have to put this under joint ownership. In the meantime, then you have this you have the province basically, yes, trying to add new life to it. I can appreciate that. But the problem is, is that you cannot privatize park space. Right. Um, that's the big elephant in the room. And when <coughs> two-thirds of the site yeah. in the current proposal is going to go to a single operator, and you'll have to pay uh, the stat I saw was something like $40 basically to enter that site then that's going to kill a lot of people's ability to gain entry. Now, you know, when we went to some concerts uh, in the last little while, we paid an admission fee, that's fine. But the park is public, except for those times when it has a restricted use for special events. We, we, we understand it. That happens in all the parks. But when you privatize it 24-7 and you only let people who pay in, then you know what? You can do that. You can do that. Find a field, mm. find a place, buy it if you're a private sector operator and make your dream uh, your dream come true, but not in a public place and especially on the waterfront. Yeah. Uh, great. At the last council meeting, uh, we approved 24,000 in one meeting, 24,000 units of housing in the city of Toronto, 25%. So 6,000 of which were by the waterfront, 6,000 new apartments going in. And this is in one meeting at city hall. Um, the kinds yeah. of that you're going to see down there. And then you, you're going to have the subway going down there. Lots of people want access to that waterfront. So whether yeah. to go this way in a rapidly intensifying downtown a waterfront, I don't think is the good is a good idea. Joe Mahavik, uh, who's joining us, of course, uh, city councilor for Ward 10. You bring up so many interesting points about Ontario Place. 
Uh, and you mentioned um, Subway down there. I think that's the one thing with Exhibition Place is obviously um, the uh, the GO train gets down there at Exhibition Place. It'll let off people for C and E. It always does for Toronto FC games. But yeah, like that walk across to uh, it, it. Those parking lots. I don't know when if we have enough parking when there's a bunch of stuff happening at once. It happens so rarely that that's just probably life in a big city, Joe. But but I know it's something that people talk about. Consumers do is lack of parking down there. No, well, a- absolutely, that's an issue, and I, I, I do actually support that uh, subway line. It is going to be a mess of a construction process, mm-hmm. but 10 years from now, our children and our grandchildren will thank ge- this generation for putting it from Don Mills in the east along, well, then it hits the wa- almost the waterfront in the east by the Don River, and then it goes across Queen Street, and it'll go down into the... Uh, exhibition place. So just a stone's throw from uh, Ontario Place. Maybe it will make the need for uh, people to take their cars down to the X a little bit less. That's hopefully the case. Yeah. Also at the same time, Greg, what's happening is, is and this also is a very good uh, provincial project, is the electrification of the line from uh, Kitchener-Waterloo down into, uh, into University, uh, into Union Station. And that's going to bring millions of people over a year period uh, into the downtown as well. And one of the stops will also be exhibition place. So all the all the uh, soccer games, of course, a Canadian National Exhibition, which is coming up uh, shortly. Uh, public transit is going to be the way that area is going to be uh, served. And that's going to roll out over the next five, uh, five to ten years. Very, very good projects. But as, as a result of that good mm-hmm. public transit, what's going to happen is, guess what? Build it and they will come. They're going to be coming to the X. You're going to see Ontario Place and the X really welcome attractions uh, for the area of not just Toronto, but the GTA. And so you want to make sure that you have as much of that land as available as possible to as many people as possible. And that's why you can't privatize a section of either Exhibition Place or the uh, Ontario Place. We need to have them broadly available to the broad public. It's a great question from a listener who just texted in and asked, uh, enjoying listening to you. Would that subway stop be on the water side of Lakeshore, like as in the Bud Stage side, or would it be on the BMO Field side? It would be on the BMO Field side, okay. just over the BMO Field, where 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 you have the current uh, station uh, now. I got where exhibitions, uh, the, the GO train lets off at exhibition, it would be. That, that's correct, Interesting. Yeah. That's oh my goodness. Yeah, I know it's it's way in the distance. It's going to cost money, but you're right for for my kids, for for my grandkids, whenever that is, like 50 years from now, that's like they'll thank us for putting that in. Just like I think we thank previous generations for the infrastructure we have um, for public transit. All right. Let me get to police and cyclists in High Park, especially Um, cyclists and pedestrians want less law enforcement. Cops are saying people are out walking and cyclists are blowing through stop signs. People are having to be careful walking their dogs. Um, I just don't like seeing all the anger and, and eye rolling and annoyances. Is there there probably isn't a simple solution to this, but what's been your reaction to it, Joe? Well, what, what I call this is uh, basically a United Nations moment. We all need to just tone it down and put on our uni- United Nations hat and recognize that you know, there's no comment that I've seen out there that I haven't agreed with. Uh, the cyclists are angry because they're being stopped and they're saying, why are you picking on us and why aren't you going to those protected bicycle lanes where people, where delivery trucks are parking mm-hmm. uh, and where construction vehicles are parking? And they kind of got a point. 
Um, and then you're then you hear from pedestrians saying, well, these guys are going a uh, 30, 40 K in Hyde Park. And I'm just trying to go with my kid in my in my little stroller. And it's a bit uh, dangerous. They've got a point as well. Um, and really what needs to be happening here is there have to be some meetings. Uh, and I understand that the local councillor is engaging on this. And I can't imagine the mayor's office not also engaging on this and just sitting down the police, elected officials, uh, park depart parks department, and figuring it out. Um, like I can see saying something like we will not enforce the, the speeding uh, bylaw for Hyde Park, let's say between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. or in the evening, some evening restricted evening hours. But the rest of the time, then you just kind of develop a consensus okay, this is when everything has to slow down because that's when the kids are out, that's when the moms and dads are out and the families are out, and we don't want that uh, collision. I, I, I had a friend whose mother died in colliding with a cyclist, so oh. it, it, does, it does happen. It yeah. does happen, and that's, uh, that's uh, unfortunate, and we don't want that to happen. So there is a legitimate uh, concern there. I agree. With you. Take, take the temperatures down, park the egos, park the attitude, park the chips on the shoulders, and, and, and try and get in the room. That's the only way only way anything ever gets solved it doesn't matter if it's politics uh you know a, a rock band like get in a room figure out where you can find some common ground and we gotta we have to do that sooner than later yeah united nation it's a united nations moment <laughs> i hear that loud and clear joe thank you so much for your time and your uh, your energy today really appreciate uh, the conversation great having a chat with you greg all the best to you and to your listeners thank you i uh, appreciate that too ward 10 counselor uh, joe mahavik